0: Hey,
1: this is Trey. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition as we creep our way through September. um, I guess we are almost on the doorstep. Actually, we are on the doorstep of autumn or fall, as some people call it. Uh, One of my favorite times of the year, maybe my favorite time of the year. Mary Langston, how about you? How is your summer coming to an end?
0: It's going great. We watched some tennis this past weekend and it was incredible to watch. Um, I'm also excited about autumn. I think it's my favorite too. I mean, I love the warm weather, but In the south, it gets so humid, so I'm ready for a little bit of, you know, that 70-degree weather.
1: Yeah, and that is, um, I probably won't make it on the other side, but maybe you and Terry can send me a note. I have this idea in my head that it's going to be between 75 and 80 during the day and maybe dip down into the 50s at night. That sounds like heaven to me. I'll miss it, but you and Terry send me a note. Let me know what it's like.
0: Oh, no, we need you there. We're we're hoping for that.
1: (laughs) Well, you better keep hoping. In the meantime, do we have any questions?
0: We do. We have several, and they're all over the board. So are you ready to get started?
1: I think so. Let me get my board out.
0: (laughs) Sounds great. We don't have your lawyer, so we'll just keep rolling. But we appreciate you all sending us your thoughts and all your questions. You're always so thoughtful. We'll start with a question from Nancy on Twitter, and she writes... Do the majority of voters just always vote party and not candidate policies?
1: Nancy, that's a fascinating question. Party identification is really, really strong, especially now. Perhaps it always was. I don't. Well, I mean, there used to be an expression that I would hear when I was a kid. I think I heard my dad and and, and one other gentleman refer to a, a yellow dog Democrat. And what that meant was that person would vote Democrat even if the candidate was a yellow dog. And it's true on the other side, too. Republicans, I can't tell you the number of times. I mean, I've stood outside many, many, many polling booths as a candidate. And people walk out and say they cast a straight party vote. They just that's an option you have. You can just vote all Republican, all Democrat, I think. I could be wrong about this. I think less than 4% of the voters cast a vote for Joe Biden and a Republican Senate candidate. And I think right at 4% cast a vote for Donald Trump and a Democrat Senate candidate. So the notion that people kind of flip back and forth, some people do, particularly on local races. Some people do. The national races, less so. The differences between the parties, you know, right now is pretty stark. There are very few of what I would call moderate Democrats or moderate, what people used to call Rockefeller Republicans left. The primaries have kind of gotten rid of that. So I I do think party identification is supremely important right now. Um, But, you know, party identification and your position on the issues or on the policies are in essence one and the same right now, too.
0: Well, thank you so much, Trey, and thank you, Nancy, for your question. Our next question is from Sue in Arizona. She writes, "What is happening to the immigrants who want to come here legally and might contribute to our country?"
1: That's a great question, Sue. Uh, they're waiting. Um, oftentimes, they're waiting for years and years and I heard stories uh, when I was in D.C. of people waiting for decades. Mm. We tell people to do it the right way. And the reward is years long waits and sometimes decades. So when people say our immigration system is broken, I think a lot of folks, their minds kind of rush to the border and they're thinking of unlawful immigration. But that is not the only part of our immigration system that is broken. Lawful immigration is broken as well. I'm not sure the last time I drove, maybe maybe your experience is different, but the last time, I can't remember the last time I drove by a construction site or watched a roof being replaced on a house or saw a landscaping crew or fruit being picked in South Carolina. It is often immigrant labor
0: mm.
1: is just so hard and so complicated for folks who want to do it the right way. And then they, they see that if you can just memorize the words, I have a credible fear for my safety, then you can claim asylum. Then that, and that takes, you know, all you got to do is get to the border, cross the border, which is a misdemeanor, crossing the border without permission is a misdemeanor you claim asylum and people waiting in other countries maybe who don't have access to the border i mean what if you're waiting in africa what if you're waiting in europe what if you're waiting in asia and you don't have the option of crossing either of our borders it's we have the the most perverse built-in wrong incentives we're going to reward people who don't do it the right way and we're going to punish people who do it the right way, and that's what leads to a hopelessly broken immigration system, which is what we currently have.
0: Well, thank you so much, Trey, for answering that, and thank you, Sue, for your question. Our next question is from Lisa in South Carolina. She writes, in your opinion, what qualities are most important for success at work? Do any of these traits differ from the qualities to be successful in life and in relationships?
1: Uh, I would start with competence, competency. You have to be good at what you do, or you have to be capable and willing and interested at becoming good. Mm. And you mentioned work. I mean, work to me is, is, you know, effort is certainly a component, but showing up on time is important. Being a good coworker is important. Um, Being kind of drama free is important but competency being good at what you do um, so when i think back on some of my favorite coworkers or favorite employees like for instance the person on this podcast with me they are good at what they do they anticipate problems they bring solutions i mean they don't just say hey trey we got a problem and pause. they say you know we got something that's come up, but here, I have a proposed solution. I can just tell you being particularly when I was a disc attorney, being on the receiving end of nothing but bad news, you know, one makes you want to go to an asylum. Mm-hmm. So what's important for success at work? Be good at what you do. Make an effort to become the best at what you do. Very little drama. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, having to leave early because you got a sick family member or you yourself have some. I'm just talking about the unnecessary stirring up of drama. I, I could never stand that. And I suspect most employers don't. Be a good coworker, uh, be humble, think of others, uh, be conscientious. Um, those qualities are yes they're great at work but you will also find those are pretty good qualities to have if you want to be successful in life too
0: Mm. well great advice and great points trey thank you for answering that and thank you lisa for your question we'll answer more of your questions when we come back
1: it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run
0: Our last question is from Ralph in New Hampshire. He writes, if you were to write your version of Profiles in Courage, including any field or fields, who are some of the people you would include?
1: Oh, my heavens. I I, <laughs> I don't know. Who would I write? I was writing my own version of Profiles in Courage. I probably have a more expanded view of courage maybe than what Ralph had in mind, although maybe not, but I'm going to take a stab Ralph at, at answering it. Dietrich Bonhoeffer would be um, someone that I wrote about. He's been written about by others, by better writers than me, but just Bonhoeffer, his story of what he was willing to try to do to help not himself, but other people. Uh, and it went up costing him his life. I'd have a chapter in there I mean, if it's about courage, I'd have a chapter in there about the Thomas Fawcett, who went by the nickname Sap, that, I mean, I've talked about him before, but showing up for work with a, you know, people say they don't want to You get a bad haircut, they're embarrassed to go to work, they, you know, got a spot on their tie, they're embarrassed to go to work. I think about this man going to work every single day with a skin condition that m- most of us would never leave the house. Just never, never want to leave the house. The mm-hmm. courage it takes to go face the world. Um, and, you know, and they're, and they're, you know, some people are complaining because, you know, I don't know. I mean, I heard somebody complaining the other day because they had a gap in their front teeth. Well, so did Lauren Hutton who's one of the most world famous Models of all time. I mean, okay, we'll go get the gap fixed if that's what bothers you, but SAP didn't have that option. So to to go through life with the burdens, external and internal that he had, takes a lot of courage. I would I would include Barry Sanders, and I know people sitting there thinking Barry Sanders. You mean the Oklahoma State running back that played for the Detroit Lions? Yes, yes, that one because. He did what almost no one does. He left on top. He left before it was time to go. Mm. He, he left when he was still the best. No one does that. I would include someone I just got through talking to, Condoleezza Rice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Never felt the need to run for office never felt the need to hear the chants of the crowd the Colosseum crowd chanting hail caesar just wanted to serve but in an understated way uh humility humility and courage have a lot to do but i'll tell you this one little quick story ralph that kind of gives you a glimpse of of how I view what you're talking about, which is courage and um, profiling courage, and it's a story in a book by Stephen Pressfield, and I'm going to get the story wrong in parts, but I'll get the gist of it right. And this is a book that Stephen Pressfield wrote about Alexander the Great. Speaking of humility, having the phrase "the great" in your name would probably not qualify, but Alexander the Great was walking across a footbridge in India, a small footbridge, um, only big enough for one person to pass at a time. So imagine with me, Alexander the Great, with his entourage, single file, walking across a footbridge in India, and then coming in the other direction was an Indian wise man, an Indian religious leader. And this wise man is dressed modestly, and he's by himself, and he's lives a humble life, and obviously he did not see fit to include the phrase the great as part of his name. So you got Alexander the Great coming with all of his men in one direction, and you've got this Indian religious leader coming in the other direction, and Alexander the Great's men said, get out of the way. Do you not know who's coming? Make way. Move. Go back. Do you not know who this is? This is Alexander the Great. He is the most powerful man in the world because he has conquered the world. And the Indian wise man looked at him and said that I must be the most powerful man in the world because I have conquered the need to conquer the world. Mm. Courage and humility to me are often hand in hand. The Finding something or someone bigger than yourself to serve, th- that's who would be in my book, Profiles Encourage, Courage, um, if I were to write one.
0: Great question. and incredible list, Trey. I didn't know what you were going to say, so I appreciate you sharing that. And it would be neat to have all those people in one room as well as just on the pages of a book.
1: Well, I don't know. It depends. I mean, if there's like a football game going on, no, it wouldn't be great to have them all in the room because then they'd be talking and I'd miss whatever, whatever was on television. But I would it be great to have them like in another room with you and Terry and y'all could all be talking while I was back in my office watching sports? Yes, that would be great.
0: We'd all be happy at that point.
1: We'd all be happy. I'd have a game on one television. I'd have a split screen. You know what I found out how to do? What is that? I can watch four games at one time on YouTube television.
0: Oh, did y'all decide to do YouTube?
1: Well, no, y'all didn't. In fact, Terry <laughs> doesn't know I got YouTube. Uh, <laughs> She's going to know soon. Well, hopefully she won't listen to this. Spectrum was in a fight with Disney and I wasn't able mm-hmm. to get ESPN or any of the other things. So, you <laughs> know, I'm not going to just sit there and not watch. Right, or just no. wait for something to be resolved. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, uh, he didn't ask me to write a book, Profiles and Patience. <laughs> I have no patience. So, no, I'm not going to wait for them to resolve their differences. I'm going to go sell some of Terry's jewelry, and I'm going to get <laughs> YouTube TV, which is what I did. I can't That's wait. Great.
0: She- we were just talking to her about YouTube TV, so I'm sure she'll be on board.
1: Um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> Well, they do have the Hallmark Channel and Inspiration and all those like movie channels where everybody gets along and nobody like all the stuff she watches.
0: And she can record those. I'm sure she'll be happy.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) but I on YouTube, I can watch four games at one time Mm. and I can watch two games at one time on my computer and I can watch another game on my phone all at the same time. How do you know what's going on? Oh, it's easy. Well, there are a lot of breaks in football. I mean, the play only lasts a couple of seconds, and then you get it. It's where there's a will, there's a way. And <laughs> my will is to watch college sports. If this were like work or like school, no, I wouldn't be able to do it.
0: <laughs> you had that determination that you can put towards work, but you put it towards sports. So, I, I mean, did. that's kind I of work, been, I'm, right? I'm, I'm,
1: um, I don't know, depends <laughs> on who you pull for. Dallas looked really good, South Carolina looked really good, Alabama did not look really good, mm-hmm. Baylor did not. Well, I mean, Baylor looked okay against Utah, but they lost. So, and Clemson, well, you know, I like Dabo, you know, I have a I lot know. of friends, but you also know that no, I'm not going to include Clemson. Yes, they look great in the second half, they look great in the second half, yes, and I love Dabo. <laughs> And I love Jim Clements, the president, and I got family that went to Clemson and I got friends and I got a nephew there now. But if you think I'm going to include them <laughs> when I'm rattling off my list of favorite teams, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, I did it for you. So you didn't have yeah, to. You did it. You I mean you got a bright future in politics and I don't. No, 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 no. Hey, can I tell you a quick story? Of course. Go ahead. I was running for district attorney and there was a major 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 clemson fan named bill hudson
0: mm.
1: uh, wonderful man wonderful man neighbors from my parents and he said look you're running for you're running for circuit solicitor for district attorney i'm going to take you to the ipte which is clemson's you know big fundraiser in spartanburg he said there'll be a thousand people Will you stand with me at the door and I mean Bill Hudson had, you know, had children that played football at Clemson. He was just he was to me known as Mr. Clemson. Probably now John Easterling in Spartanburg, but but back then it was Bill Hudson. So Terry and I walk in and we've got Watson and Abigail, and Abigail's real little at the time, and we're, you know, gonna greet a thousand people that walk in for this Clemson Ipte meeting. And there's Abigail. And as soon as we get by Mr. Hudson, she says, Daddy, why are we here? But she whispers like an F5 tornado so everyone can hear her. And I'm trying to put my hand over her mouth. And I'm wondering why Terry is not managing this situation a little bit better. So I feel, well, I'll just ignore her. Well, that's not what you do with Abigail. And Abigail says, Daddy, why are we here? And I said, uh, what do you, what do you mean, sweetie? And now more people are listening to her. And she goes, "We don't pull for Clemson." <laughs> and I said, "Honey, quit joking. We pull for 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 all state schools. Your father's running for office, of course. We pull for Clemson." And she says, "No, we don't. We can't stand Clemson, Daddy." <laughs> and at that point, there are several hundred people listening to her.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: That's no longer the case I do not have the same I don't feel the same way About Clemson Anymore Obviously our son Went there I have a nephew there now Got a ton of friends there But
0: (laughs) That's You're asking me To include them
1: In the rundown Of my teams And how they did Over (laughs) the weekend I'm just I'm not there yet I'm sorry I'm not there yet
0: That's okay That's why I'm here
1: Yeah Okay I'll let you do it All right. You can give the update On Clemson All right, I hope everybody has a great week. Keep the questions coming. Um, Hope the advent of fall is to everyone's liking, and we'll see you all next week. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.